Hey, content creator friends, welcome to another episode of Mediavine On Air. I'm your host, Jenny Guy, and today we're answering the question, can you make lightning strike twice? In other words, once you've got a successful website, can you use your expertise to make a second, and third, and fourth? My guests from this episode would say, heck yes. Carly Campbell of Buns in My Oven and That Low Carb Life and Christy Still of Mommy Hates Cooking and Air Fryer Fanatics have replicated their success and doubled their fun, and probably stress, with additional websites. When we originally filmed this episode in winter 2020, we were days away from the pandemic shutdown, making it an especially important time to focus on new revenue streams. But let's be real, it's never a bad idea to consider. Carly and Christy were amazing, answering all the questions about choosing second site topics, realistic time investments for subsequent sites, cross-promotion, and more. For the links to check out these ladies' awesome sites, plus other helpful free resources on the Mediavine website, look no further than our show notes. Now let's get started. You're listening to Mediavine On Air the podcast about the business of content creation. From SEO to ads and social media to time management, if it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your on-air host, Mediavine's Jenny Guy. Welcome, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. It is Thursday, February 27th. And I'm Jenny Guy. I'm the director of marketing for Mediavine. And uh, just to talk about a couple current events, um, we have a leap year coming up. I don't know if anybody knows about that one. It's Saturday, the 29th of February. I actually have a friend who has a birthday on that day. I'd never met anyone who had a birthday, right? It's weird. She's she's very excited because she actually gets to celebrate her birthday this year. So so there's that. Do you guys, does anyone out there have any plans? Post them in there. And then how are, how is the year going for you guys? so far. Has Q1 been a hard hit financially after the crazy boom of Q4? We, uh, we've heard a lot of comments from our audience that they're kind of take Q1 as a time to renew and rebuild and refresh and potentially take on some of the bigger projects that they don't have time to do during those crazy busy holidays. And one thing we kept hearing about over and over again on social media and in the Mediavine Facebook group was that people were asking about second sites. And they're wanting to start them or have it, has anyone had experience with them? And, um, and that's why we're here today. I have brought in two amazing Mediavine publishers who are already rocking the socks off of their second sites. And they're here to share their expertise with you. And, um, they're here to tell us if the, it's really the truth to double your pleasure, double your fun with the second site. So let's meet our <laughs> guests, guys. Thanks for being here with us today. Christy. Still, Christy is a native Oklahoma gal living in a little slice of country in Oklahoma with her truck driver husband and her two kids. She has turned her intense dislike for all things culinary into a thriving business as a content creator and is now the owner of two sites, Mommy Hates Cooking and Air Fryer Fanatics. Welcome, Christy. Thanks for being here. And uh, also... Oklahoma got, we found out bizarrely uh, when we invited Christy to be on the live that she and I live like 15 minutes away from each other in Oklahoma, which I don't know, but we're like, we're like book club, coffee, wine, we're so excited, <laughs> super excited. Well, thank you for being here with us. And then our other guest is Carly Campbell. She started her career as a content creator with the incredibly successful site Buns in My Oven. And just to be clear, those buns are of the yeast variety, not the human. She is also the owner of the site That Low Carb Life, which she runs with her high school sweetheart husband. In addition to running two websites, she's also a homeschooling mom to two kids. Uh, and welcome, Carly. Thanks for being here. 
Thank you. All right. We are so we've already got people fired up and ready to ask questions. Everyone, if you have questions for Christy or Carly and you're watching, tell us in the comments, how many sites do you currently have? And are you planning to start another site? What are you most excited to learn about today? Post it in the comments. All right, let's do this. Let's start out with just some baseline talk about your first site. How did you get started in blogging? How did you learn about it? And when did you first start earning with it? And we'd love to hear if you wanted to mention Mediavine and how, what role Mediavine has played in your journey as a content creator. So um, Christy, can we start with you? Sure. Um, I started Mommy Hates Cooking um, almost 10 years ago now. So it was totally started on a whim and kind of as a joke at the time. Um, my sister was a coupon blogger and it was kind of the height of couponing at that time. And so she kept pressuring me to start a website and she said, you should start one um, that's cooking because I could link to you for these coupons, like for recipes. And at the time, the only thing I could cook was pasta with meat sauce. And that was, <laughs> so that was all I could do. And my husband had been telling me, I really should like mix it up a little bit. And so I jokingly told my sister, oh, we should call it mommy hates cooking. That'd be hilarious. It was totally a joke. And then like five minutes later, we were like, that's not a bad idea. I mean, I had it. I think I had the site set up within a day. That's awesome. And then um, I quit my job my corporate job a year later and wow. started doing this full time. So really Mediavine like completely changed my life as far as making money because suddenly I didn't have to do quite as much sponsored posts. I could actually make money on what I was trying to do in the first place. It came a long way from like the beginning where I was selling ad spots on my <laughs> site and using AdSense, hoping to make the threshold each month. The it's payout like, threshold. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? What is the payout? Is it like, is it 40? Is it? I think it's a hundred dollars. A hundred dollars. Well, I was going to say, um, I was going to say when I, in your journey as a blogger, did you start your second site? Christine? Um, I actually didn't start mine until la just April, like not long ago. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> it wasn't too long ago. Yeah. That's incredible. That's so great to hear. Okay. And then um, you, so for blogging for 10 years, you've seen all of the mm -hmm. transitions and the differences. That's awesome. Before Pinterest, before Instagram. <laughs> How did, did you eat? Were there things such as blogs before Pinterest? I there don't know. That was. Don't know that that was really good back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. So same question to you, Carly. Tell me a little bit about how you got started in this blogging industry and how you transitioned from we went from buns in my oven to your second site. So tell us all the things. I actually have a pretty similar story to Christy in that I didn't cook. I I made hamburger helper. I didn't do the pasta mm. meat sauce. I just did the box hamburger helper. Yeah. Pretty much every night. If I didn't make that, I made frozen pizza. Um, but I was really interested in photography and my kids just kind of got to a point where they wouldn't go for that anymore. So I started taking pictures of dinner and, you know, there's only so many photos a person needs of their tombstone pizza. <laughs> so I started cooking and putting it on the internet and that was 10 years ago also. So there's awesome. been there since before Pinterest too and those were the days. <laughs> Did you uh did you do um like some styling of your tombstone pizzas? Was there like some like parsley that you stuck on the top to, to no, add some I just made pizza rolls the other night and I sprinkled yes. parsley on them and my daughter was like, <laughs> what? It's classy. 
It's super duper classy. Okay. So when did you start your second site in terms of that? And what role did Mediavine play? Yeah. So I started Low Carb Life in March of 2018. Um, I've been, I was one of like the first, I'll say the first five people to join Mediavine. Um, I got a scary phone call from Amber, like, hey, we're doing this thing. Let me have you talk to Eric. And I jumped and I haven't regretted it ever since. So I don't, I don't know when Mediavine started 2015. So yeah, when we started offering, yeah, full service ad management um, and, and you were one of the, your food fanatic, which then became one of the first five sites that used Mediavine for full service ad management, which is um, if I had a way of showing some celebration emojis or things like that, I would (laughs) do it because that's pretty incredible. And both of you have been with us for, for a long time now. So you've seen our, our transitions as well, which is Really, really exciting. Okay, so we've got a couple questions from our audience. Rebecca Lowe, and we're going to talk more about this in a little bit, Rebecca, but I totally, I hear your question. She wants to know about how you balance time, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. And then we've also got questions about how to create a less labor-intensive site. So we're going to get into both of those things, so do not worry. Do not worry about that. Both of you had, you started with food sites, and they were sites based in how you didn't love cooking and how you wanted to learn how to cook and kind of took that journey with your readers. How did you decide on a second topic? How did you decide what to write about? Um, Let's start with Carly, please. Yeah. um, For me, I mean, my first blog is named Buns in My Oven. And then I started doing a low carb diet and putting those recipes on there and buns in my oven. It just doesn't fit with low carb. And not to mention low carb people are hardcore. And I say that in a nice way. I love that. Sure, sure, sure. They're committed. want to see brownies and cake. You know, they're struggling to stick to their diet already and they don't want to see sugar. It, it just kind of was a necessity, I felt like. And those were always my top per- performing posts. So that was my topic. I went for it. And so you just, it was basically just, you wanted to, did you do research, any kind of research to determine what it, or, or, I mean, there, what you really didn't have to do research, I guess, to know that low carb was a big thing. My top 10 posts were consistently my low carb posts on buns in my oven. So I just, I kind of saw the opportunity there and I ran with it and I have no regrets. <laughs> I, I think that it would be, I'm actually getting ready to start a third site that tested. So that one will be a little more scary. But yeah, I think if you if you see a topic that your readers already love, I think that's a good sign that, you know, if you if you have enough content that you can create a whole second site about it, go for it. Okay, Christy, same question to you. <laughs> um I think it was kind of similar. Um I I my second site is air fryer and I am obsessed with using that air fryer. And so it got to where I felt like I was almost spamming my readers with air fryer content. And I'm like, well, every it was the same way. All of my top posts were air fryer. And so then I decided, well, I'm going to start a Facebook page that's devoted to air fryer so that I can just start sharing the recipes there. And that page kind of took off. And so then after a little while, I'm like, well, if they're going to be on this Facebook page, I could get them to a whole nother website and build a whole audience around air fryer recipes. And so that's kind of what I did. And I mean, it just, it took off really well. I was shocked. I'm the same way too. I'm thinking about a third site, not sure (laughs) if I can balance the third site yet. So I'm trying to 
wait a little bit and see what happens. But it is really almost easy to do when you already have all of the content on your website anyways. And that actually fits in perfectly with a question from Michelle James, who said, do you move the air fryer post to your new site? And we want to talk more about how you share the content. But Christy, let's just address that one real quick. So yes, um, I have almost all of my air fryer content from Mommy Hates Cooking on the Air Fryer Fanatic site. Um, and then I have it syndicated basically. So I've linked back to the original one. I didn't take any of that off of the Mommy Hates Cooking site. So if I post something on Air Fryer Fanatics, I'll wait a few weeks and then I'll post it on Mommy Hates Cooking. And that was something that I learned with Food Fanatic that I could do with writing for Food Fanatics. And that's helped boost both of my websites. So it's like they're feeding off each other now. Okay. I love that. And I wanted to ask, um, I'm going to ask the same question to Carly is the content shared between the two sites, but I also wanted to ask, so do you, are they different audiences? You don't, you don't have people complaining about repetitious content or you feel like you're cannibalizing traffic from one site to the other site. So Carly, yeah, I'm going to come back to Christy on that. Um, yeah. So I actually don't syndicate. Um, I know that Food Fanatic does and it worked well for them. I tried it a little bit, um, you know, super briefly and I just didn't, I didn't like the second site outranking me and I just gave up on it real quick. I have maybe two or three times like promoted a post and like, you know, on buns in my oven said, Hey, I made this recipe and linked out to it. And then I've also done, I think it was like salmon patties. And then I shared a recipe for tartar sauce on the same day. And I just kind of married them together like that, but I really don't syndicate. All right. So two totally different perspectives there (laughs) and both absolutely valid and seeing success with, with either one. So how long did it, in terms of time, because that's, I think that's going to be the biggest question here. Both of you guys reference time when you're talking about a third site and, um, (laughs) These a lot of our questions here are dedicated to how do you balance? So how long did it actually take to come up with a whole new site? And did you did you share design ideas? How, how did it work? Um, and we'll start with uh, Carly. Will you answer that first, please? Yeah. So I'm kind of a crazy person when I get an idea like I go for it. So I was I was actually in the car on my way to meet my husband out of state when I had I had I'd thought about a second site for years before and if people had talked to me out of it so many times, but I had like the domain name and I just had that idea. And so I got all that up on, on my three hour car ride. I got to where my husband was and we bought the domain right then. And I had it up within a weekend. I had content on it within the next couple weeks and it was launched before a month was up. So it does take time for sure. The social media setting all of that up is the worst part in my opinion. <laughs> but you know so much more on your second site. It goes a lot smoother. And the same question to you, Christy. Did you how did you come up with your like your theme? Did you decide on logos? How did all that happen in terms of how much how time consuming was it? Um it really wasn't that time consuming. I for me, I already had what I was gonna address earlier too was that it is two different audiences for me. So I don't feel like they even really notice that there's content, the same content on both sites, um, because my site now is newer. And a lot of that content was kind of buried on my original, on my Mommy Hates Cooking site. As far as starting it, I already had my social media set up. So that was kind of, I did the Facebook page and I was doing a Pinterest and all that before I ever actually started the site. So I kind of did it backwards this time from what I did previously. 
actually putting the site up was really easy. I did that within a day or two. Um, it was really quick and it really does go so much smoother when you know what you're doing the second time around. <laughs> that's, I, that's, that is very, very relieving to hear. Okay. So I've got a bunch of questions here um, about syndicated content. And so Christy, Shasta Spivey Walton says, does Google not pe penalize duplicate content? Andrea Updike says, what if one already moved the post to the new sites and wants to undo that? Is it too late? And Beth Baumgartner said, if you do syndicate content to the second site, can you copy and paste the entire post or do you need to change up some of the language for Google to be happy? So let's talk about, that's a lot of things there. And we're asking about, uh, and, and Elizabeth Lee Porter also said, oh, I had no idea you could share posts. I would have thought that was duplicate content that would make Google mad. So let's, let's talk about, let's talk about Googs here for a minute and what the opinions are. We, we've already shared the blog post that we talk about syndication and how to do it the right way and how it's very can be very, very beneficial for your site. So Christy, talk a little bit about the duplicate content question. Really, I, I actually just listened to this today, but there's a theory of content. It's recent, like within the last three, maybe that they've done all about that. So it really answers every single one of those questions. And Amber is probably one of the best people to hear explain it because I will explain it wrong. But <laughs> But basically, yes, you can syndicate to both. I copy and paste directly from one site to the other. I do change up sometimes a little bit of it. Like for my Mommy Hates Cooking site, the Ninja Foodie is huge on my website right now for that. But it's the exact same as using an air fryer. So I'll use the same content and switch out Ninja Foodie with air fryer whenever I post it on my air fryer site. And then the biggest thing is that you link back to the original post within the new post. And I wait a few weeks before I do that too. But it doesn't make Google mad. <laughs> According to Amber and Eric, it makes Google perfectly happy <laughs> as long as you do it right. <laughs> As long as, and so, and we want to make sure we do it right. I would love, um, guy, um, I have my awesome team. If one of my team members could grab the theory of content episode, I was listening to it last week and I think I actually listened to the same episode. So, yeah. so fair enough. Do you, okay. So Andrew Eaton just said, what percentage of syndicated content versus original content on your second site? We know Carly's answer is an extremely low percentage. Uh, Christy. Um, I update mine. I add new recipes every week. Percentage wise, I'm not sure. It might be half and half, like 50% new. And now I've been doing it um, opposite where instead of using mommy hates cooking content, I've been using the air fryer content on my original blog. I kind of go back and forth with which one I'm linking like first or which one I'm posting on first, but I would say half and half. Like I do add new recipes. So it's not just all repeating recipes over and over again. Okay, well, let's get into this too. How much content? So give me a ballpark. I'm sure you don't have an exact number, but how much content, Carly, do you have on your original site? And how much content do you have on your new site? And how often are you posting on each? Hmm, I, I was just looking at these numbers. And I think I'm around like 900 recipes on buns in my oven, which I've been doing it forever. Um, that low carb life, I think is about 150. And I do two per week on each site. And lately, I've been trying to push a third on buns in my oven, just updating an old post, but it's hit or miss. Okay. And then so yeah, you've got all of that content from years and years yeah. and years and years ago <laughs> that you're shooting and all that. Okay, Christy, same question to you. Um, I do three recipes a week on mommy hates cooking. I actually used to do five years ago. Wow. So I have tons of stuff too. Some days I even did like 
two a day. I don't know what I was thinking a long time ago, but now I only do three. Um, and that's good enough. I'm like, it seems to not make a difference really how many times I post on that site, but I do two a week on the air fryer site. Okay. And, and those are different posts. So you're posting, yes. basically you guys are creating five posts a week, roughly that, that sound, that's kind of what it sounded mm-hmm. like to me. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about your editorial calendars. Are you planning them out? How far out in advance are you doing these? Where do you get your inspiration for everything? Cause that is a lot of content. You guys, um, Carly, I'll start with you. Yeah. I use Google calendars and I love it. I just have everything color coded between the two sites. And I am honestly, I'm well into 2021 for buns in my oven. I'm probably into the fall for that low carb life. That one's trickier for me because I don't, um, I don't do any baking. I'm not very good at that yet with low carb. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty far ahead as far as content ideas. And most of my ideas for that low carb life are easy because I take stuff that performs well on buns in my oven and I just turn it low carb. And then I do a lot of SEO research. I don't really cook for fun anymore. <laughs> I cook for SEO, but trying to get back into cooking fun, creative things, but that's a work in progress. Christy, I'm going to ask you the same question, but I want to hear a little bit more Carly first, because you said one of our magic buzzwords here, uh, SEO, and we're talking about it all the time. Our um, our CEO, Eric, is talking in his series, SEO Like a CEO, Theory of Content is all about uh, SEO. So tell me a little bit about what you what is your SEO method overall, and what tools do you use? Just real quick. Um, I use SEMrush, SEMrush. I don't know what it's called, but it's called SEMrush. Okay. <laughs> So I usually just go in there and I, you know, I think of an ingredient like chicken, I type it in and then I make a list of everything that I'm interested in and that I, I want to create a recipe for. So it's, it's really pretty simple for me. And then that's honestly how my third site is coming about is because I keep, it's, it's an air fryer site, Christine. <laughs> She's coming after me. <laughs> it's like the West Side Story right now of air fryers. I'm excited. Yeah. Let's dance off. Well, yeah. it's doing well. <laughs> Good one to go into. That's good. Okay, Christy, same question to you. Tell us a little bit about about how that works for you, and then I would love to hear a little bit more about about your SEO too. But um, yeah, (laughs) so I usually plan ahead like maybe two to three months um, just to plan. I normally plan out my menu, so I really stick to recipes that I know we will like to eat because I like to make. Whatever I'm making for dinner is usually what's going on on my website. So I try to stick to stuff that people are asking about, but also stuff that we would like to eat too. Then as far as SEO goes, I'm in a bunch of group that all center around Ninja Foodie and Air Fryer. And I really watch those groups closely to see what people are asking about in them because you can get all kinds of ideas because a lot of those people are those are the audience. That's the audience I'm trying to reach. So they're asking about how do you make this in the air fryer? How do you make this in the Ninja Foodie? And some of it is is super basic that you don't think about because in my mind, I'm like, well, I know how to make mashed potatoes, you know, in the Ninja Foodie. Well, a lot of people don't. And I don't, you have to like really break that down. So now I've been doing like how to make mashed potatoes and just really simple things. So but yeah. the watching the groups has been one of the best things for me as far as SEO to see what real people are looking for every day. I think that's a great uh, recommendation for um, for niche sites to find mm-hmm. those groups and find where the people are that are the audience that you're speaking to. Um, 
It's fantastic. Okay. Shasta Spivey Walton said, oh my, OMG. I'm not going to say the whole thing. <laughs> OMG. I'm in love with this video. Thank you. And I'll read that post and listen to that podcast. And Bridget Brady Raffenberg said, your planning and schedule is super impressive, ladies. Heck yeah. <laughs> All right. Question. How did you tell your existing readers from your first site that you were starting a second site? How did you promote your new site? Do you feel like some of that audience, and we talked a little bit about this, but is it, was there carryover? Did you tell the people that there were two sites? I know that, um, Christy, you have to be because you're doing some linking back and forth. Mm -hmm. So start, we'll start with Christy and then go to, um, Carly. Um, I link to my other site in almost all of my posts and then, I've been doing a menu plan on my website for years and it's one of the most popular days of the week for me. And so I link to that site and that every week and we'll tell people, you know, if you're looking for these recipes, go to this website. And then I also used my newsletter and pushed it out through that. Um, and then all my social, like with Facebook, I link to each other. Or I'll share from one, one page to the other. I still think I have very separate audiences just based on who signed up for what newsletter and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I share it all sorts of, in all sorts of ways. <laughs> it's really good. Okay. Carly, same question to you. Yeah. I, I did like an initial blog post, like, Hey, guess what I did kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. And now I have on my low carb category page on buns in my oven, I have like a pop-up so that people can sign up for my newsletter to that low carb life right there. Um, I don't really promote buns in my oven on that low carb life because they're just not interested in that. <laughs> they can't have buns. <laughs> I mean, the buns are just really a non-starter for those low carb people. Thanks. Yeah. And it's a sad life without buns. It is. Um, <laughs> So, so you said there is, and there is some existing cross promotion. So most of you sound like both of you said you were taking that original site and using that traffic and using that audience to really get that second site kind of launched and started and going. And then the second site is more of that niche site. So there's less cross pollination happening there. Absolutely. Okay. So this is a question. Everybody is, uh, we just had Beth Baumgartner ask, <laughs> When did you start monetizing that second site? How long did it take? And how, and she said that um, another magic question is how long did it take for your second site to hit the Mediavine threshold so you could put ads on it? So let's start with a general monetization question first. How long did it take for you to get from Carly driving in the car for three hours and then <laughs> starting the second site to actually making money from it? And same question to you. So um, Carly, we'll start with you on that one, please. The week I launched, I hit the Mediavine threshold. Wow. And you know, I'll caution people that that probably <laughs> wouldn't happen if I had had a niche site to start with where I couldn't push it out. Like if I started with the low carb site, I wouldn't have been able to push out content to Buns in My Oven. But because it was the other way around, all of those Buns in My Oven people were pretty interested in it and I could promote it on Facebook. So it was, I didn't realize Mediavine's threshold for a second site was lower. So it I actually the second month that I that I was approved and on there because I didn't apply right away, but it was quick. That's exciting. Okay. Same question to you, Christy. Um, it was quick for me too. I started this site in April of 2019, but I left it sitting for like the whole summer. So I didn't touch it really again. I put a bunch of stuff on it and left it until August. Um, we just happened to hit summer and I was purposefully taking off for the summer and did not plan that well. And so anyways, come August, I hit the ground running on it. And I think I had I was approved by September. So it was within the first month too. it was really quick. 
So exciting. And yes, um, Carly brought up a great point that our requirements are different for the second site. When you already have a site on Mediavine, you just need 10,000 sessions via your Google Analytics in the previous 30 days. We actually just posted in the links for the help guide that will explain all of the basics about second sites and how that works a little bit differently. Oh, Matt Hawkbird just asked, Mac, we just told you, and we also got it right there in the comments. So click on that help article. <laughs> so talk to me about, I know you guys talked a little bit about SEO and you said you don't cook for fun. Do you use, you said Google calendars. How do you brainstorm for all this? You said, Christy, you like to do things that your family likes to eat? Are you looking at different cooking magazines? Are you a food network junkie? Where is your inspiration coming from other than just other than just using the SEO tools? Do you have any any different ways? And do you approach content creation for the two sites differently? Or do you use the same methodology for both? And I'll ask you both that question. I think I, I use the same for both. I don't think I really do anything different. I do use key search. I'll look up stuff in Google just to see kind of what I, if I were searching it, what I would come up with. Um, and then I feel like most of my, my inspiration really comes from the Facebook groups I'm in. I'm, I really, I think I, I used to look at Pinterest occasionally. Now I feel like I don't even use Pinterest as a user very much anymore. Um, I find more within these recipe groups and even family and friends will say, you know, Hey, I want to make this in the air fryer or the, you know, whatever the foodie and how do you do this? And so then I end up on this long stream of, I'm going to figure out how to do this. So Fantastic. Okay. Same question to you, Carly. Do you approach the content the same way? Um, where do you get your inspiration other than, um, other than just using those SEO tools? Yeah, I definitely approach it the same way. Um, it's just, I tend to put a low carb spin on one. I have a lot of recipes that are basically the same thing, but one of them has been, you know, I've cut the carbs down quite a bit. And then the other one is full of sugar, <laughs> but I, I do approach it the same way. I definitely read food magazines. We eat out quite a lot for somebody that cooks for a living. <laughs> I, you know, I take, I take inspiration from restaurant menus for sure. Mm -hmm. And things that I see online. I mean, I, I try not to steal other bloggers recipes, but we're there all day long and we we see what other people are cooking and that gets stuck in your head and you put your own, put your own twist on it, I guess. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, yeah, no, keep going, Carly. Did you have something else? Uh, no, that basically that's, that's it. That and Semrush is probably really where I go to brainstorm. So you said key search, Christy, mm -hmm. and you use, um, you use Semrush. Did, did you guys take any good classes in those or how did you learn just by kind of trial and error? Tell me about how you formed your SEO strategy. I took the hashtag Jeff course. Okay. And I think I'm still in it. I don't really, I'm really bad at taking courses and I'm so excited for the first month and then I'm gone. <laughs> so I haven't checked in there. There's probably new stuff, but yeah, I, I really liked that course. It, my traffic it from low carb life is almost exclusively SEO or search okay. traffic. I like Jeff's course. <laughs> um, I took the course too. <laughs> the okay. second one. And then I've listened to almost all the theory of content podcasts. So really between those two, um, that's where I've gotten most of my information. And yeah. most my sites are both the bulk of its SEO and Google. So awesome. If you had to go back and start either of your sites again, and you're getting ready to start um, potentially third one, since both of you are talking about that. Uh, we don't know what Christy's uh, third one is yet. She hasn't confessed. 
what, so, so I won't put her on the spot if she doesn't want to share, <laughs> share the inner inside knowledge, but, but if you had to start them over again, what might you do differently? Christy, what would you do? If I started my main one over again, I would have a whole different name. It would not be mommy related. Okay. I would actually start from the beginning with SEO and not post reviews of, Oh, look, I made this for dinner. Have a good night. See you later. Like that's, that was like the first year or more of every post that I wrote and, you know, taking pictures with a flash and overhead and just, Oh, it was awful. (laughs) But yeah. So this one, the new one that I did, I don't think I'd do anything different other than I would start it going immediately, not wait three months after I started it to really do anything with it. So why would you not want follow-up question? Why would you not want mommy to be in the title? Um, I feel like I kind of, uh, missed half the audience really, because okay. whenever I did like a site survey a while back, and I mean, a lot of people don't realize that there's tons of recipes there. It's not just for like a mommy site for moms to talk. Oh, okay. or something. So that was where a lot of confusion came in. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, um, I'm actually going to come back to that uh, survey question. Cause I want to hear okay. more about that because I think that is a great way to find out uh, what people really think and get feedback mm-hmm. and potentially pivot. And also thank you for not rebranding. Your <laughs> well, it was you guys that made me think that one through a little bit more. <laughs> Ooh. Yay. Good to hear that. That's a, that's a, that's great. And we're very glad to hear that you did not rebrand. Okay. Carly, same question to you. Would you do anything differently? Um, starting buns in my oven? Yeah, I would starting buns in my oven, the same things Christy did. That was, <laughs> me. So I would definitely know what SEO was would have been a nice thing to know and take better photos. And yeah, I I would go back and change that. At Low Carb Life, I'm really happy with it. Um, The only thing I would have done differently was start it sooner. I had the idea for at least a year, maybe two, and everybody talked me out of it. And I listened and I should have just done it. Uh, Okay. So, so are you guys on a schedule where you're updating old content? Are you incorporating that into your content strategy rather than um, deleting posts, going back and updating them, refreshing the photography, working on the writing, incorporating some of that interlinking? Tell me about your strategy on the refreshing old content. And then we'll come back to the survey question. Um, So I don't have a super great strategy for it. Definitely stuff that I think could do well for a search term, I will update. And then just things that I come across that are terrible. I will, that I think have potential. I'll update those. Um, I really, I do a video with probably 95% of my recipes. Even the stuff that gets updated usually has a video, um, stuff that I don't think it's worth it. I actually print out like five recipes about once a week and I have my husband cook them. And then he just comes from the kitchen into the studio where I'm working and he brings me like step shots. So he just sits it down in front of my lights and I take a photo and then he goes back and finishes cooking while I do computer work. So that works out really well. That's definitely been the easiest way to update stuff. Fantastic. Same question to you, Christy. Um, Yeah, I'm going through and updating everything. I feel like most of what I'm doing right now is updating old stuff because it's all good content that if you go and search in Google, you'll never find it on my site because it was never optimized. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of painful when you see yourself being beat out basically because you didn't optimize it and you've had it sitting there for eight or nine years. <laughs> like, oh, I did that recipe a long time ago and it went viral for somebody else and it's sitting there hidden on my site. 
Mm-hmm. So that's been like a big thing that I've been trying to do regularly. <laughs> when you see something go viral and then you update it, have you seen good results and SERPs? Like, have you seen yourself start ranking and have the has it has it gone up when it's a popular recipe? I think so. I mean, okay. if I just get it optimized, it's immediately at least showing up. <laughs> Like it wasn't at all. So yeah. All right. I want, we're going to talk about video in a second because you guys brought up, Carly brought up video and I definitely want to address that. But talk to me a little bit about this survey that you did. Carly, have you ever done a survey with your readers? I did a few years ago and it's a really good reminder because it was useful. That's a great idea. So Christy, tell me a little bit more. I want the deets on this. Mm -hmm. What survey, what did you do? What did you ask? How did it help? So I actually had it done. I did one a few years ago. Then I did one again, not too long ago. Um, The email course with Matt Mullen, he Mm -hmm. recommends that too. I've listened to some of his podcasts and things. And um, basically, I think he said do one every year at least so that you can get to know your audience that you're working with. I kind of went through and just asked questions about, you know, are they male or female, like different things who to figure out who my target audience was and what they were looking for. So I'd ask like, what types of recipes are you looking for? You know, are you busy families? Because most of mine are busy families that are trying to get food on the table fast. Um, And then I offered like a gift card or something if you did the survey to give people a reason to actually take it in the first place. And did you do it with your email subscribers? Or did you do a pop up on your site? I did email subscribers and then I posted a link to it on all my social media too. Fantastic. Okay. Carly, same question to you. When did you do your survey? What types of questions did you ask? It was a couple of years ago and similar questions to Christy, like what kind of content are you looking for? Are you cooking for a family? Um, I think I asked their age, like a rough number, but it was a few years ago and I don't remember. <laughs> it sounds like maybe it's time to do another survey, figure out. And, how, and Christy, yeah. how did you incorporate the, what you found out from your survey into your content plan moving forward? Um, that's kind of how I figured out. So I eat gluten-free So almost all my recipes are gluten-free, but you can make them either way. So that's kind of how I found out that I actually have a lot of gluten-free people on my website. Um, So it made me realize that I need to keep cooking that way and keep writing them that way and not switch back to, you know, regular recipes or anything like that. Um, And then it also gave me insight to people wanting air fryer recipes. Um, That was a big kicker for like my other site and realizing that I could actually do something with that. That's awesome. That's really exciting. Okay. All right. I'm going to zero in here on the video because we know we had the year of video with Mediavimus a couple years ago. Then we had the decade of video. Now we're in 2020. It's like a new decade of video. We're all about the video. Um, so Beth Baumgartner asked, are you creating videos for your second site? Are you still seeing benefit from video? And Melissa Armstrong asked, does video content work the same as the blog post? Can you use the same video for both sites? Any downside to using the same video on social? Like is Facebook going to hate that or do you just cross promote from the original video? So let's talk all things video. Carly, talk about your video strategy. You said you basically do a video for every recipe. Is it is it a new video that was so every new recipe and then are you going back? How long have you been doing videos? Um, I started doing videos in 2016, which is when Facebook loved videos. And that that really took ones in my oven from a decent amount of money a year blog to wow, this is kind of amazing. Video for me was huge. And I haven't given it up yet. (laughs) I do do a video for pretty well every recipe. If it's something like a salad dressing, maybe not because 
who needs that. But I don't necessarily do it um, for Facebook anymore. My low carb ones still do well. My ones and my other ones don't really do anything on Facebook. But I do them just because I think they have a lot of SEO benefit. And that's my main focus. So it's worth it to me to do the video. And it's when I when I photograph the recipe I made as well. I think I've got my process down. I may as well just shoot the video at the same time. Um, to answer Melissa's question, though, about Facebook sharing sharing the same video on each. I, I don't know if Christy's done that. I just attempted um, a few weeks ago uploading one of my old buns in my oven, low carb recipes, like uploading it as new to low carb life. And they did not like it. And they threatened to take away my monetization. So oh, wow. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> or it may, it may have been something else. But I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. So I won't do that again. And Carly, just quickly before we move over to Christy, um, are you seeing good results in your Mediavine dashboard from video? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good to hear. All right, Christy, talk to me mm -hmm. about video on your two sites and how you use it. How, what's your strategy? Um, so I never got, well, in 2016, I had videos that did well on Facebook. So then the last year or so, it's been very hard finding motivation because they really don't do that well at all there anymore. So I have done similar videos to each other um, and just put different, like a different end card on it. So I put my air fryer instead of the other one, but I've mainly focused on uploading them to Mediavine. I really haven't cared so much about Facebook so I don't really know if Facebook would penalize them or not because my videos just have not done well on Facebook this past year or two. Um, but definitely with Mediavine, they do. I don't do one for every um, post. I've been trying to do like the picture type videos. The slideshow um, videos. Post, yeah, at least do something. Um, and I did notice like one of my top posts, um, whenever you see it in the recipes at the top of Google, like where they post all the recipes in the carousel, it's my video that's coming up. And it was just a picture video. And that's like the picture that's pulling into that. And that's uploaded with Mediavine. And then just yesterday, I Googled one of my top keywords. And then when I click on videos, it's one of the these picture videos that I made for that keyword. And that one was from Mediavine too. So that's the only place I've uploaded those um, is with the Mediavine dashboard, but they're pulling into Google. So they're obviously helping rank. I definitely don't think that we can, anybody would say that videos don't matter or that mm -hmm. videos are gone out of style. I, even if Facebook isn't prioritizing them as much or tossing as much traffic your way because of an algorithm shift there, I think that Everybody loves video. And that is definitely something that I don't believe will change anytime soon. Okay, Christy Hoove just asked, how long does it usually take to shoot the video from start to finish? And I'm, this is a little bit off topic, but I want to hear about since both of you guys have prioritized video and it's part of your content creation strategy. Carly, what is your, you said you just kind of incorporate, you slide it in with uh, your photo shoots and you just kind of make it a part of it. How long does it take? Do you edit yourself? Do you have special software? Yeah, I actually kind of batch cook. So one day a week I do five videos. Um, and my daughter is my homeschool daughter. So she's here during the day with me and she's my assistant and she preps everything, measures it out into bowls for me. And then I just, you know, do the cooking on the camera and I take step photos along the way. I take finished shots and we start usually around like 10 a.m. and we're generally done by 2 p.m. And that's five recipes. Sometimes 
you know, if it's a slow cooker recipe, it might take a little bit longer because it's still cooking, but like the active hands-on time is about four hours. And I do, I do all my editing. Um, I use Adobe Premiere and Photoshop and all that stuff. Did you teach yourself all of that stuff? I did. Yeah. (laughs) It took a little while. Well, yeah, but okay. Do you have a favorite video or a favorite post that we could pull up and show so people could get a, a good sampling of your video content? (laughs) um gosh no I don't have a favorite they're all the same same. okay well someone just grab her most recent video and and toss it in there uh it's on buns in my oven so grab that okay same question to you Christy talk to us about how you make video you said you you have used some slideshow videos before yes I've been doing those more than anything really um I the hands and pans videos those don't take me very long um, I'm usually working by myself, so I do everything by myself. Um, so during the week, it usually doesn't take me long to do the hands and pans sure. things. Um, I'm just starting the YouTube side of it. So I just oh. started that like in December, January. So those videos take me a whole lot longer to do. And I've been doing like four on one day. So like I'll wait till the weekend when my husband's here and then we'll do four in one day so that he can help me with those. And um, those do take like almost all day for the YouTube. <laughs> right. And that's, you're featuring yourself and the, yes. there's talking, all of that stuff. Okay. And, and do you have- it's waiting on the stuff to cook is part of the problem. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, unfortunately we have not found a app that will <laughs> reduce cooking time. Yeah. Make water boil faster app. That would be great. Okay. So question here, and you guys have both talked about this a little, how, how do you, and batching, it sounds like, how do you manage to workloads? Do you, and, and do you have a team? You just said, Christy, you work by yourself. Tell us, uh, tell us how you do all that by yourself and how you really have found tricks, time-saving tricks, managing the two workloads. And then I want to hear from Carly too. I used to do batch cooking kind of like she does where I would do it throughout the week. So like when we do a YouTube day, I'll use all the food and I will freeze it and use it throughout the week for dinner so that I don't have to cook every night. Um, But normally I will do like maybe one or two recipes on the weekend or during the week. And then I try to get it where I'm writing most of the week. So a lot of my cooking happens on the weekend and then I'll write throughout the week. But I do have my kids are both in school right now. So I do have most of the day where I can actually get stuff done nonstop. So that helps. And I didn't have that years ago. That's fantastic. Do you have a favorite video that we would show that's a good example, one that you're super proud of that we can show? Uh, not one that I've made. Okay. <laughs> well, so I've people it. to do are fabulous. Okay. okay. So you, who, how did you find people to outsource to? <laughs> well, that was several years ago. And there are a bunch of people that do the videos now. I actually used to have them done back in 2016. So, and those are some of the best videos that I have, um, which I think is just because the person doing it knew what they were doing too. (laughs) So I'm over here like trying to do it with my own equipment and yeah, just, it never measured up. (laughs) Well, uh, but you're learning and that, and there's only so many hours in a day to devote to all of the tasks that come with blogging and all Mm -hmm. of the new things that you have to learn every day. Okay. Carly, same question to you. Talk to us a little bit about that. About batch cooking. I'm sorry. We're having, we're having like, we're having a lot of conversations all at the same time. Let's, let's, let's do this one. Do you post videos on both YouTube and Mediavine at the same time? Uh, either of you, Carly, do you? I don't. I only do hands and pan videos and I've heard YouTube doesn't care about those. So I don't. Okay. So you don't really worry about YouTube at all. Yeah, not currently. Totally understood. Okay. Same to you, Christy. Um, no, I usually do shorter videos on Mediavine. The YouTube videos really just take so long <laughs> to get uploaded 
to all these different channels that I try to just do it to YouTube. But I've been using the um, Medivine, like I use Create the card. So I've been just adding my YouTube video in there too. And you can have that, um, the, like the title screen at the screen at the end that directs mm -hmm. people to YouTube after yes. the video. So you're not necessarily, you can, you can be growing both at the same time. Mm -hmm. It does not have either or situation. All right, Carly, this is the question managing the two workloads. And you were talking about how your husband has just quit his job and he's working with you now. So what Guys, what gave you the confidence to do that? And how did you shift workloads? How are you handling it when it was just you? And how is it different now? Yeah, so handling it when it was just me is honestly kind of what I'm still doing because we're we're in the midst of renovating a house. Right. And he is redoing the basement entirely himself. So he's gone about 40 hours a week still. Okay. So we haven't really got to experience the whole teamwork thing. Okay. Much. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. But he does, he does do um, reshoot days about once a week. He cooks for me. And then that's a, and he does my accounting. Thank the Lord, because <laughs> I am bad at that. Um, but otherwise I, I really kind of treat the blogs. I just do the next task. Like I, I have a list, whatever is next on my calendar. That's what I do. I don't have a separate day for buns in my oven and a separate day for low carb life. I just, the next thing to get done is what I get done. But you are quite a planner in advance. Like you have things going into 2021. So <laughs> I have content ideas. I don't necessarily have them shot yet. I'm still like tomorrow's blog post. I'll probably be writing at 5 a.m. Okay. I hate to admit that. <laughs> Oh, that's but funny. I have, idea, I have the content. I just haven't written. Okay. And do you guys, you said you use Google Calendar. Do either of you have, are you big wall calendar people? Are you using a system like CoSchedule or Hootsuite for your social sharing? Talk to me about that, Carly. I just use Google Calendar for uh, for my content, like what day I'm going to publish each post. I, I color code it. So one's green and one's red, I think. That way I, and then I change the color once it's shot. So it goes blue once I've got it photographed. That way I can look at the calendar and just know what's the next recipe I need to work on. Um, but I don't use any other kind of scheduling tools. I'm trying to get into Asana to keep myself on task, but I don't use co-schedule or anything like that. Okay. And do you just do, or do you schedule any of your social posts? Do you use Tailwind or? I have a Pinterest manager that does Tailwind. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't know anything about <laughs> Pinterest other than <laughs> things. Okay. So I have somebody that manages that. And then Facebook, I schedule myself through Creator Studio um, once a week. I just do the whole week at a time. I do the same thing for Instagram and my desktop notifications. And that's it. How many times a day are you posting on Facebook and Instagram? Facebook is on the hour, probably from like 6 a.m. till about 9 p.m. So a lot. Wow. Um, yeah. And then Instagram is just once a day. Okay. A feed post. And are you doing stories as well? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> when you when you feel inspired. Okay, great. Okay. I have something to say. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Same to you, Christy. Um, I am very old school. I use Excel spreadsheets. Love it. <laughs> and I've been doing that since, you know, 2010. And so, um, yeah, I keep everything on track and I will go in like the week before and write out everything that I need to do that week and then kind of schedule out which day I'll have time to do which thing. So I don't really plan like either let's do all this on one day as far as the sites go. I just do whatever's next too. And I'm a very like hardcore planner. And so I'm pretty good at staying on track with everything. 
And then I also use WordPress like editorial calendar to kind of schedule out everything. Um, but other than that, I use Tailwind. I schedule Facebook too for the week. So I do that. I'll, I'll take like a couple hours or something one day a week and do my Facebook for the week. Um, so I try to like kind of block things together. I don't want to sit there and do Facebook every day. So anyways, but yeah, that's kind of how I scheduled out. <laughs> Awesome. And how, how often a day are you posting on Facebook? Um, I post three to four times a day. Fantastic. All right. Well, guys, crazy enough, we are out of time. We have had so many questions. Uh, and I wanted to ask a final question and give you guys just a second to think about it while I do quick announcements. But <laughs> I want to say if there is one big piece of advice you could give anyone who's about to start a second site, what would that be? And I will come back to you in a minute for those. But while we're waiting, um, guys, we are planning content like crazy for our upcoming Teal Talks. And then um, hard to believe it. we're also thinking about the summer of live already where we'll have uh, a live a week for 12 weeks. So we're, we're planning our big ideas for that. We've got a lot of, of exciting things coming, but what we really want to know is what you want to hear about. If you have burning questions or topic ideas for us, please post them in the comments. We'd like to hear who you want to hear from and how we can help you level up your business moving forward. Two weeks from today on Thursday, March 12th, we're doing site spring cleaning featuring Lauren Gray from Once Coupled. We're going to talk about the plugins that are cluttering your site and slowing everything down. As you know, at Mediavine, we are page speed for lifers. <laughs> and then Thursday, two Thursdays after that on March 26th, guys, we are talking taxes for everybody who might have waited as well as throwing in some planning tips for next season, um, just to kind of get you a little bit ahead of the game with uh, CPA Amy Northard. So we're very excited about both of those. And I'm also so happy to have uh, Carly and Christy, we're going to get their pieces of advice. So I'll start with Carly, one piece of advice for somebody who's getting ready to start a second site. Do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> if you if you see the opportunity, just do it. Like there, it's such a minimal investment. I think money wise, like you know, fifty bucks for a theme. Most, uh, at least my host allowed me just to add the domain on. Um, I didn't have to pay extra for hosting, so it wasn't. It didn't cost a lot of money. I designed it myself, and it was so worth the risk. So if you think you can do it, just do it. And what do you have to lose? Yeah. What do you? I mean, what do you have to lose? I mean. Perfect. And she, this is uh, Carly Campbell of Buns in My Oven and that low carb life. Christy, tell me uh, your one piece of advice. So I was going to say the same thing. Oh, uh, <laughs> your answer. <laughs> but um, no, I would say just do it and don't worry about the numbers. Like, don't worry about all that. Just focus on, you know, building your audience and you're going to see it grow fast. So it's not something to be, you know, constantly, oh, it's nobody's here. Um, should I keep doing this? Just keep at it and it's going to grow. So That's great advice. Christy still uh, mommy hates cooking and air fryer fanatics. Ladies, you have been so much fun to have with us today. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. Thank you for watching us. We've got a lot of thank yous and that's very helpful. <laughs> thank you guys for watching and we will see you in a couple of weeks for that spring cleaning. Thanks ladies. Thank you. On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24-7 support to cutting-edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine On Air fan, and why wouldn't you be, please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening.